everyone, and welcome back to the Wellness Podcast. This is episode number 91. My name is Slater, and I'm here with Adam and Caitlin. What's up? Hello. It's probably 79 degrees in Santa Barbara, and Adam has a beanie on. <laughs> and a long sleeve shirt. Listen, dudes, you complain <laughs> about my hair being wild, so I have to put a beanie on. Like, oh you God, choose. What do you want? Say, I did not say that you had to put a beanie on. Yeah, we never said you had to put a beanie on. Yeah, because you're like, oh my gosh, your hair. Like, what do you like? Oh my gosh, you need a haircut. Like, oh yeah. No, I did not say that. Nobody said you needed a haircut. Nobody said yeah, that. I feel judged over here, right? So I gotta put my oh freaking hairdo in a beanie. Oh my gosh. How'd you guys my friends? Welcome over. We are your friend. <laughs> What's up, dudes? Oh my goodness. You guys been wailing or what? Just been getting salty. Yeah, dude. Wailing all day. Yeah. Should I go first? <laughs> Caitlin, hit him with the sightings. What did I just say your name? Yeah. Caitlin, hit him with the sightings. Slater's <laughs> losing his mind. You I don't know. Are. This is a strange <laughs> intro, but uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Sorry. Let's start over. Let's start over. <laughs> no, let's keep going. I want to start over. Let's hear it, Caitlin. What do you got for us? Oh, my God. Uh, we saw lots of humpback whales and let's see. I don't know if we've seen dolphins since the last time we recorded. It's kind of all a blur because Sunday we got blown off the water all day. So I think just humpback whales. They've been doing anything. They've just been Um, whales or we've had a few calves that have been a little bit fun blowing bubbles, rolling around. Um, one calf dyad's calf it like spy hops but like killer whale style like really fast yeah and so that's been kind of silly to see it's done it a couple times um we had pretty rough weather today so i didn't really get to see a lot of what was going on on deck because i was more preoccupied with the people but mm-hmm. um yeah mom calf pairs the calves are getting really big and sometimes they do fun things. And there's been, we've been down on Stowagon Bank and some of the whales that we've seen up on Jeffrey's Ledge, which is like more towards New Hampshire, have now been down on Stowagon. So like some sort of big shift happened within the last oh, so 10 days or so. They're ditching you. Well, no, I mean, we can get to Stowagon pretty easily as well, but like some of the same whales we were watching, you know, 15 miles from where they were are have shifted, so... I thought they were like loyal to their zone. They are, but I mean, if there's no food there, then they have to go find something else. Yeah. So um, there's one whale named Pixar who is a 21 year old whale and we have no calving history for it, but it doesn't look very beat up for a 21 year old whale. And it looks very wide in the lower half of its abdomen could be preggers so i'm wondering if pixar is actually a female that's pregnant this year um so we'll see maybe next year pixar will be reported with a calf there's another whale up here that was like that it was like 15 years old or something named bayou and everybody's like oh it's a male it hasn't had a calf yet it's definitely a male well this year bayou has a calf so (laughs) (laughs) whales man every time you think they're gonna zig they just zag yeah so we'll see what happens i'm putting pixar on my suspected list nice yeah cool that's well that's pretty pretty much it from over here it's been pretty much the same here we've been seeing humpback whales and pretty good numbers every day um 
10 to 20 kind of varies. Um, but they've been hanging out in the exact same spot. It's just one of our local kind of spots. And they're on one of their streaks again, where they're just like very focused on food. And obviously it's kind of getting later in the season and they're all just focused on food. So they're taking five to eight minute dives and then popping up, you know, a quarter mile away, a half mile away. And they're all doing the same thing. No, none of them are really doing any activities at the surface. We did have some kelping today. Um, we were actually off the water today because we didn't have enough passengers, but I still went out there with uh, my captain, one of our other buddies, and it was just a gorgeous day. A bunch of whales out there. We probably had a dozen whales today, and we found one of everybody's favorite whale named Snowflake, and he was rolling around the kelp, doing some spy hopping in the kelp. And I, I honestly think kelping is my favorite behavior. I don't know why. It's just super fun. Only if it's big kelp, though. When they play in little kelp, it's not as fun. Well, we, it's just like on our, on our way out today, we we're just like, holy crap, we got so much kelp out here. Like, I hope we find a whale in here. And then everything, it seems like here in Santa Barbara, like everything kind of trends east throughout the day. Like you'll find the whales towards the west and then they all just like slowly kind of moved east. And so we eventually ended up in the area with a bunch of kelp patties and there was just, and Snowflake was just having a ball. He would just go from <laughs> one to the other, to the other, to the other. Um, so yeah, I, I love watching kelping. I don't know. It's just super fun. And yeah, we've been seeing good amounts of dolphins too. Sea lions are also in the mix. Um, so they're all kind of feeding together, but the bait seems to be pretty far down there. Um, we, we honestly haven't seen, seen lunch feeding since like the very beginning of the season in March, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, bunch of whales, bunch of dolphins. Good time. Sounds like a great time. It's a great time. <laughs> it's I a great time to be out in the water. Hashtag get on a boat. Well, I'm gonna, Kate's going to see you, dude. Oh, no. She has that trademark. Taking her slogan. We have to edit that out, dude. No, I'm just oh, my God. <laughs> this is um, not a sponsored episode. Yeah, podcast. Guess what? 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 You saw my something passenger. super mega ultra rare. My passenger today is going on your boat on Friday, Adam. My boat. Yes. Nice. So you better give them freaking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something. Cook them up. Whatever, some, she, whatever her heart desires. <laughs> Hot dogs, PB&Js, turkey burgers. Wait, do you guys uh, make PB&J on the boat or do you have Uncrustables? Yeah, no, we, we, it's like real PB&J. Yeah. Wow. I know. We're fancy up in here. We have Uncrustables on our boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's- those are bomb too though i remember when i, I used to go ham on those things when i was like six years old and like three a day frozen? no i don't like the frozen ones they got to be like you got to be like warm so like the jelly is like not like rock solid you know anyways right. this is not the uncrustables podcast welcome to the uncrustables podcast <laughs> now- later tell us about your super mega ultra rare sighting today well the thing is is i was watching a few humpback whales when I got the call that we had fat fin. That's I'm not joking. what was rare. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> He's not that rare. He's been here four days in a row. Uh, <laughs> we saw a, I saw a short-tailed albatross. Woohoo! What's a short-tailed albatross? Well, Adam, it's funny you ask because I know nothing about the short-tailed albatross. <laughs> All right, Kate, I wasn't asking you. I was asking Caitlin. Caitlin, what's a short-tailed albatross? Uh, I, I actually meant to look this up before we started. Oh, I, back okay. later. 
Keep talking about your sightings. I'll pull up the info. Let me tell you something about a short tail albatross. They have a pink nose. A bill. Pink they don't bill. Have noses, Adam. I was testing you. <laughs> Bills. I they're a seabird. Yeah, but they're they're part of the are they part of the tube what? Tube nose. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. They're procella procellari formies or something. Procella formies. I don't know. Some birder's going to tell me I said it wrong, but yeah. Oh, Shearwaters, fulmars, storm petrels, diving petrels, and albatrosses. What about ocalits? Ocalits. Mm, no, they're ocalits and mers are, are a like, different thing. Ocalits are like close to puffins, aren't they? Yeah, ocalits, puffins, and mers are like the same. It hasn't been a big, I, sw- I don't know if it's a big year back. I feel like I haven't seen a lot of them this year. Of oclets, rhinoceros oclets, yeah, dinosaur oclets, <laughs> dinosaur oclets. I saw one today, though. Um, yeah, so the sightings I left for a few days, but when I left the last Friday, I was here. We had 40 humpback whales, and then um, the only reason we had 40 was just to beat Adam's 20. Literally, yeah, we, had an, we had an awesome <laughs> so, day. We had like we had like 25 whales. I was like, oh, yeah, we're like. Monterey's level, let's go. A bunch of humpback whales. And Slater's like, oh yeah, we had 40 today. No, we had more than that. Honestly, it was this, it was it's funny because you posted that when I, I had already seen it when I was talking to Kate on the radio. And she and I was literally gonna say like 35 plus, and she was like, whatever she came up with, she was like, no, way over 40 today. And I was like, all right, we'll do 40 plus. <laughs> Hurt my there feelings, was so, bro. There were so many whales. It's just weird when there's just like everybody has like when everybody's calling out groups of three or four and then you can see like 10 around you. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's crazy. There were so many. There's, there still is a lot of whales today. I only I, I saw only saw 15 whales, I like personally saw 15. Um, I know some boats had some to the south. Um, only yeah, had, I only saw. I 15 only whales. had fifteen whales today. It was kind of a, <laughs> like a bad day in Monterey. Hey, it was a little bit of a slower day for us, but <laughs> oh my god! But let me tell you, before yeah, I freaking sh- fat fins jumping out of the water. Let me tell you, before I got to, you know what, fat fin almost distracted us from seeing something really great. I actually stopped for fat fin, but then these two juvenile humpback whales went absolutely crazy. When I tell you crazy. Kate said she had double breaching. Three to four double breaches in a row, followed by one after another, like not even two seconds between the two. So like one is falling in as the other one's coming up. Boom, 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 and boom. And then and then you thought that was enough. And then they went to peck slapping. And then I was like, you and so now the new thing is when whales go to peck slap, you almost know they're gonna continue breaching. Uh Kate calls it it's they're all there too. It's their break. She says it's alternators. <laughs> so they just like, it's like they alternate between uh, breaching and peck slapping. That's so, not a new thing. Wait, why didn't I? The term alternators. That's what she said. Oh, saying. the alternator thing. Why didn't yeah. I, why didn't I see any pictures from that today when you were going through your photos? I haven't even looked at my photos yet, dude. Oh. <laughs> and so then, um, also most of those were happening when we were still like quarter mile away. So it wasn't like, oh. but it, but still watching it, the, my pastor was so happy. We were just like, holy shit is it gonna keep going and then it kept going and then it was like boom boom boom, those are the best like like constant breachers are just like what and so it's funny because we weren't even trying but then fat fin kind of came up near us and then a humpback that was next to fat fin breached in front of danny which i was nowhere near but i saw it happen 
Um, then I, those whales stopped breaching, went over to Fatfin, saw Fatfin and CA-169 for a few looks. I saw them for like two different sequences. They were sitting down six minutes, so. And then after I got those looks, they lost the whales for like 15 to 20 minutes, so. The killer whales. Yeah. And then that was when I was my time to go in anyway, so I went in. And on my way in, right in front of the harbor at 48 and 49, there was a short fin, a uh, short fin, <laughs> short-tailed albatross. All right, you ready for some Somebody's short-tailed albatross facts? Yes, this is what I was been waiting for. Okay, oh, really? so short-tailed albatross, also called the Stellar's albatross, is Ooh. larger than the black-footed and the lacing albatross. And Ooh. it honestly looks kind of like a mix between the two with a pink bill when it's an adult plumage. So it's like a white body with, uh black on the wing tips and a little bit on the shoulders and then a um yellow head when Whoa, they're, they're wild plumage. looking yeah but they get seven and a half feet wingspan so like that's a big bird they're not as big as the wandering though right no the wandering's like 11 feet or something it's crazy oh my gosh so they used to be a lot more common but they were um exploited by humans typical um everything else and most of the breeding colonies are on the western side of the pacific ocean so like off of japan however there is one pair on midway in the hawaii northwest hawaiian islands and i didn't know this but they actually hatched a chick in 2011 and it takes about 10 years for the bird to get out of juvenile plumage but they also I heard a story from ACS a few years ago from a woman who went and did the Midway survey in the 2019 season. I think it's the same year Greg McCormick went. And in 2018, that the short-tailed albatross pair stole an egg from a black-footed albatross and raised it. And then in 2019, they had their own chick hatch. So my theory is that the bird you saw today, Slater, might be that 2019 chick. Are you gonna, are you gonna just create science right in front of us? <laughs> wait, I'm confused. Wait, wait, let me tell you one thing about the Midway Atoll. So some ladies that volunteer there for the last like 30 or 40 years or something, went on a trip with me, with a, or the trip I led to Baja with the gray whales last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Years ago. Okay, they would volunteer on the island and what would happen is somehow, eggs would get lost or parents would get lost or not come back they would actually i don't know if it was necessarily there was something else that nest there to another bird so like lace and albatross yeah lace and albatross uh black-footed albatross the one short-tailed pair um a shearwater species i think it's wedge-tailed Maybe, and maybe it was. so Hawaiian would, petrels and then like the little fairy turns or something they would move it to other nests and yeah. they would take care of it yeah yeah crazy huh yeah if, the, if there's a viable egg that gets abandoned and another pair is lost an egg they'll yeah they'll give it to the other pair yeah I'm confused you you see that again okay so in confusing. 2011 the short tail albatross pair on midway hatched yeah. a chick yeah. i don't know what happened to it but in 2018 the short tail pair lost their egg and then had a black-footed albatross egg that they hatched and got to fledging i don't know if the volunteers gave it to him or if they stole it gotcha 
Then in 2019, as far as I'm aware, they had their own chick and it fledged. So, so my theory is that this bird that Slater saw is the 2019 chick. Okay. It has a band, but no one's gotten a really good photo of the band. Well, maybe if it's there tomorrow, I'll... I'm not saying I'll throw a snicker bar to it, but if you <laughs> for a snicker bar, yeah. it science. comes over and asks nicely. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, there's also a poster out from Noah saying like, if you see the bird, stay away from it. Cause they think it might be ill or injured, but, and I know it doesn't look super great, but like they all look ugly when they're molting. Mine didn't look that, mine looked beautiful. Like I saw a yeah. picture of it with its wings out and on the right side, it's missing a few primaries, but like those birds don't do a catastrophic molt where they lose their ability to fly. So they have to molt primaries a few at a time so that they can always fly. Whereas like yes. MERS, they do a catastrophic molt and they molt all their flight feathers at the same time. So there's literally a period of time where they cannot fly. They have to paddle on the water when they're molting. I mean, think about us when we were in our molting slash puberty phase. We're all ugly. You're still in it. <laughs> oh! Damn. <laughs> All right, I'm leaving the podcast. I'll see you guys okay, later. Look at this photo real quick. Can you guys see it? Yeah. Okay, that's the bird, so you guys can all know. I don't think he looks that ugly, but yeah. No, right I here, think, right here, yeah, it looks, little... yeah, on the tail and on the wing, I think it looks a little rough, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just molting. I'm not really good at assessing bird health, first it of just all. Looks like a, just, it just looks like a bird to me. Just looks like a young bird. I think it's, I'm, are you sure that's not a goal? I'm pretty sure that's a goal. Dude, that is not a goal. Look at the bill. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a Western goal. Plus, I didn't sh share with you guys this, but I got a pretty insane photo of Batman today. <laughs> wow, that's monumental, Slater. <laughs> it was the, completely out of focus. Yeah. It's so out of focus, it put your video out of focus. <laughs> oh, geez. It's monumental. <laughs> um, all right. Is that it for all your really awesome sightings for Monterey? Killer whales, humpback yep. whales, short-tailed albatross. For some reason, Fafin has been seen like... A lot. Like, I feel like eight of the last 12 days or something. Like, he left... Nah, he, like, left for a little while. But he was here for, like, five or six days, left for a few days, and now he's back for four days again. That's not uh, unusual. September. He probably he probably left September. when you left, and then he came back when you came back. He missed. No, you. he was there all the days I was gone. Actually, <laughs> I knew um, I knew they were gonna see killer whales when I left. I, it's a guarantee. I feel like he's seen a lot in September. That's not unusual. I actually have a really cool photo of him and Lonesome George with Pacific Grove in the background in September, and it's glassy calm. And at one point. They like both went down, but they were vertical with their heads pointed up at the boat. And it was like blue water because in September, the water column tends to settle out. And so like, you just saw these like eye patches looking up at you. And it was like, it was kind of creepy, but also like super cool. I don't ever see any of these Caitlin Taylor photos that you always talk about. Huh? I don't have a I've photo of that bro. encounter. I don't think, but I just remember looking. Cause like it, it was like overcast. So like there's a bunch of glare, but you could just like see these white eye patches pointed upwards. It was so weird. <laughs> Adam. Saying hello. What? You should pay Caitlin like 500 bucks for her to go through her archives. Wait, is that what? Adam pays me to go yeah. through my archives. He wants to be able to I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little like 
it's like a super cool movie of like time capsule times yeah oh geez yeah, you gotta post. You gotta post some memories on oh. your page, dude. dude I want to see some of these. I, I want to really... see a common dolphin flying through the air. Actually, no, it's on there. I gotta go find it right now. It is on my Instagram. That was before Instagram let you put like fuller frames, though. I should maybe re-edit it. So today I found this paper on Right Whale. You did? <laughs> oh, did you? What is it about, Slater? You're well, skipping the host updates. Basically, uh, we have some host updates. <laughs> The main host update is we have nine spots left for Whale Nerds Weekend. So if you want to come check out all the cool action that's been happening in Monterey, October 14, 15, and 16, we are super excited to have you. And uh, we're putting the finishing touches on all the planning as we're starting to get an updated number of people. And we're super excited to go out with Blue Ocean Whale Watch for three days whale watching and have some other events and gonna be a good time you also might see a super ultra rare um adam there adam's not that rare but maybe he'll scream now i'm guaranteeing pillar whales eating a leatherback whoa dude. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what it takes to see a leatherback i'm in freaking etps coming up from mexico can you imagine them. can you imagine no, I can't actually. Oh, oh, I didn't tell you one thing about Fafin today. So out of nowhere, we're watching Fafin, and then like tw- I don't know, twelve to twenty Rizzos came in, like within like a couple hundred yards of him, and then they freaking booked it a hundred miles an hour, gone. I was like, we're not gonna see Rizzos today. Sorry, like to my pastor because <laughs> they were like gone, and we were still trying to get yeah. looks at him. But yeah, they they either they I don't even know if Fafin went near them, but he definitely they definitely heard him or something, and they took off. They're like, yeah, we're all set. There's no reason they would do this again. Got within a quarter mile of him or a couple hundred yards and then taken off. Like it had to have been that reason. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, sorry. Back to reality. Anyways. Okay. So the girl's gravity. We have lots and lots of articles and things about lots of whale things, but um, I wanted to talk a little bit about North Atlantic right whales again because I like them and I finally made my way through this huge review paper which was super interesting um but two other like small pieces of news the most recent is that there is a new mandatory slow zone a seasonal management area south of Nantucket and extending down the eastern seaboard because there have been right whales detected there um And so, you know, if you're a mariner in those areas and you listen to the podcast, definitely look up the seasonal management areas, go slow, give the whales their space, um, and migration starts soon. So, you know, be on the lookout for any whales, but especially North Atlantic right whales if you're using those waters. Um, The other piece of news is actually an older article that we just never could quite get in the mix with our topics list. And... um, it's an update on how many calves were documented this year. There's actually 18. So last time we gave a calving update, there were 17. Um, but one right whale mom either snuck by everyone or she gave birth in the northern end of their range somewhere. And she was seen in Canada with the calves. So she got all the way past everybody else and was sighted in the very upper bay of Fundy off of Briar Island in Nova Scotia. And the mom's oh. name is Lobster. Wow. Yeah. And um, 
her and her calf were seen kind of ironic. in May, end of May. And let's see. She has a pattern, a glossy pattern on her head that looks like lobster claws. She was born in 2002. And her first calf was in 2015. And that's the highlights for the most part, but we'll put the link to the article. There's actually quite a bit of sightings history and stuff about lobster in the article. So it'll go in the comments on the Facebook post with the YouTube link version of this episode. So if you wanna read more about it, but there's actually 18 baby right whales this year. So Is that-, that was good below average average above average we're gonna talk about it oh science bro (laughs) so there was this huge review paper that came out this year in i believe it's in let's see something aquatic organisms diseases of aquatic organisms which is part of which journal i don't know Anyways, is that Luna? Yeah, Luna does not agree. Luna doesn't like the sad news about North Atlantic right whales. Okay, so this is assessing North North Atlantic right whale health threats and development of tools critical for conservation of the species. So basically it gives a huge summary of what the heck we know about right whales uh, for forever. I know nothing. Educate me. North Atlantic right whales were called right whales because they floated after they were hunted, harpooned, and so they were the right whale to kill. Dang. Are they uh, tooth whales? They're baleen whales. Very rotund baleen whales with no dorsal on their back. And uh, there's these cute kids called the Calvineers that are from Massachusetts, and they have this song about right whales where they're like, they're the right well living in the wrong time so that's why we named this episode that name the right way <laughs> in the wrong time it's super cute that is super cute and uh they were hunted commercially until 1967 and after whaling ended they north atlantic right whale saw about a 2.8 increase per year until 2010 and then from 2010 to 2020 there was a 20 percent decline in the species and they are now not only listed as endangered, but they are critically endangered. And it's a pretty interesting study subject because there is a Southern component, which is a totally different story. The Southern right whale, it's a very, very, very similar species living in a completely different habitat. And they are actually listed as least concerned if you look at the IUCN red list. Mm And they were also victims of late 60s Soviet whaling, which was like the covert, like hidden whaling logs that were then uncovered. And anyway, so they were exploited until about the same period of time, but they're not on the endangered species list. They're not threatened. Nothing. I wonder why. Shocker. We're going to find out. Um, So the current estimate for right whales is there's only 356 right now in the North Atlantic. And they have actually been photo cataloged since 1935. Whoa. I didn't know that. That was pretty cool. That's like way before <clears throat> I was born. It was before all of us were born. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they think every year they're actually able to capture 75% of the population with new photographs each year. Interesting. So pretty cool. 
Um, in 2011, there was a big shift in their summer feeding habitat. So they used to feed uh, more like the Bay of Fundy. So like Maine and Canada, um, but also off of Cape Cod. But now they shifted all the way up into the Gulf of St. Lawrence. But then there's also these like late summer sightings like we're seeing right now south of Nantucket. And so the whales are not where people were expecting them to be anymore. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that's causing like some management complications because like all these uh, place-based protections like don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. So looking at the two, the Northern versus the Southern, there is a 20% calf mortality in the breeding grounds for Southern right whales, but mm. it doesn't like, it's not nearly as big of an impact because there's so many of well 20% is 20% regardless yeah, 20% but is but uh they think the main like neonate or like young calf mortality is actually kelp goals primarily and then it's like vessel strikes and entanglements kelp and goals say, yeah have you not heard about this no kelp goals like peck the little baby right whales to death are you serious <laughs> yeah what the heck that's sad. And also it looks like it hurts really bad. Why are we not taking out the kelp goals? Google it. Because <laughs> culling one species to save another species is not a good management plan. Are you sure? I feel like yes. whales are more important than kelp goals. goal looks just like our goals. Yeah. So it's literally just like an eastern western goal. A su- southeastern western goal? No, it just looks I think- like a eastern <laughs> I think right whales are more important to the environment than goals. I'm just putting that up there. I don't know, dude. But like, look at the thing. Look at kelp goals attacking right whales. It's so sad. That's bizarre. How many bird species can go from eating Skittles one mile inland to (laughs) eating anchovies? Eating eating out of the, what do you call it? The landfill? <laughs> how many goals eat bread bowls and then eat like octopus like there's a, <laughs> they eat a lot of different things <laughs> um but all of the d- despite the 20 percent calf mortality for southern right whales it's not having an impact on their post whaling recovery okay. um, north atlantic right whales I, so there's a couple things going on one i think southern right whales experience less of a bottleneck than northern right whales but two southern right whales have a little bit easier place to recover in compared to the north atlantic so north atlantic right whales they think were hunted to less than 100 individuals by the end of commercial whaling in the late 1960s and there was a slow recovery happening despite all the human threats these whales face until 2010 and then from 2017 to now they're in what's called an unusual mortality event. So 12 whales died in 2017, sparking this declaration, but then another nine whales died in 2019. And then I think I have this listed somewhere else, but also in 2018, there were no calves born. None? None. Damn. Yeah. Um, So they did, they also like, The North Atlantic right whale, the biggest impression I got out of this paper, which is like kind of obvious because it's in the title, is like they try to use every single thing at their disposal to study these animals in the most holistic way possible. They're doing all kinds of assessments, you know, necropsies and sampling and 
live animal sampling and like it's like they're trying to work helicopter work yeah breath sampling like you name it they're trying everything so there's some interesting things that have come out of all these assessments so there were 54 right whales north atlantic right whales that were dead from 1970 to 2002 that they were able to study so that's an average of like 1.7 whales died a year so less than two whales died every year during that time period 77 percent of the deaths they were able to document were human caused so of those 77 percent 71 percent of those were vessel strikes and 29 percent of those were entanglements so like two-thirds, a little more than two-thirds vessel strikes, a little less than a third were entanglements. And then the remaining deaths that they they couldn't get an assessment for. Now we're looking at a much shorter time period from 2003 to 2018. There is 4.7 mortalities per year. So almost five whales a year. Wow. That's like, that's a lot more. And of those that could, the cause of death could be determined, 88% of them were human caused and 58 were entanglement and 42 were vessel strikes. So it was like all of a sudden they flipped mm-hmm. and they were a little more close to even, but like there was more entanglement and less vessel strike. And then when they sort of broke down the population numbers, they looked at females accounted for 66% of the deaths during both study periods. So more than half the whales that are dying are females. And uh, they noticed that until the 2000s, the vessel strike deaths were mostly on the migration route. So then they prompted this seasonal management area thing that I talk about now when I give updates on sightings and like what that means for like slow speeds. Mm-hmm. So that's when they started implementing the vessel 65 feet or longer, have to go 10 knots or slower when there's right whales detected in the area. And what really like sealed the deal is three of the female whales that were killed in that area before the SMA program was put into place were pregnant. Mm. It's like you lose two whales at once. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they think that the switch from like entanglement taking the lead is because one, because of the SMAs. So the seasonal management areas, they don't have a lot of conclusive data to prove that but they think that might be some of it, but also um, improvements in fishing gear are making it more durable, which means it's harder for the whale to break. Break. And um, so they're showing that like that stronger gear is more fatal. Is that the right word? Yeah, fatal. And there were some cool papers also that were like referenced in there. If you really want to go down a rabbit hole, there's lots of cool papers referenced in there. But anyways, there's two that show uh, for Southern right whales and Northern right whales that they have less calves when there's less food around. So like they matched like primary Mm -hmm. productivity with calving success. And like, it matches up pretty evenly. Like if there's a lot mm-hmm. of food, there's a lot of babies. If there's not a lot of food, there's not a lot of babies. Weird. Which... It's probably based on how full Shopper. they get. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes. And then they also followed up again in another section about the entanglement and ship strikes. And they actually have like a scar study thing in there. And they said that 39 cases of 
whales had deep cuts from propellers and they think deep cuts are pretty much fatal. 37 of those were uh, from vessels over 65 feet and then two were from vessels in the 40 to 65 foot range. So 65 feet or larger, those are big boats mm -hmm. that these whales are coming across. But if they only sustained like what they call like quote unquote shallow cuts from a propeller, they actually had no effect on the three-year survivorship of the whale. So like little boats or shallow cuts, like these whales are pretty stinking tough. So they're yeah, going to make are. it. Um, and then we talked about this a couple episodes ago about the like rate of entanglement. So it references that paper again. And it says that 86% of all Northern North Atlantic right whales were entangled at some point from the time period of 1980 to 2017. And mm. one, at least one whale had evidence of eight separate entanglement encounters in its yeah. life Jeez. yeah which is crazy so that's part of the 1700 pound weak link suggestion that's been um thrown out there that's what that story with jabiru's calf that yeah, i talked yeah. about a couple like a month ago maybe that's a success story with that new gear program so hopefully there will be more of those and yeah you guys want to keep going we have more sad stuff we're like um most of the way through but yeah my, it's a pretty yeah, sad I, situation i do want to keep going but my my main question so far is what the heck happened in 2010 um there started to be more deaths into the 2010s well because it said it said since the you know whaling was outlawed it you know, their population increased. And then in 2010 mm -hmm. was when it started to decrease. Took this big downturn. That's when the entanglement so, deaths and the vessel strike deaths started to increase. So is that like a, a fisheries problem? Like were, were more fish, or was the lobster fishery taking off at that point? There wasn't really a lot of reference to that, but I think maybe just gear strength, but also maybe more effort. And then, you know, global shipping has just been continuously on the rise this whole time. Like, it's just weird that like. Well, did they shift into a different area too? Is is that is it a combination of all start, three? Because it's did, weird. Yeah, yeah, I think it is because they did from, I think 2011 onward they started to notice a big shift in distribution. So, so it, I think so that's it could be it. like a food distribution thing yep. that then makes them more prone to entanglements and ship strikes because their yep. area changes. So that's what yep. that's why their yeah. populations declining. Yeah. Much. Yep. And then also the primary productivity link they're worried about in the face of climate change. Yeah. Like, is there going to be enough food for them? To These animals babies. eat super low in the food chain. So like, you, it, like, what do you do to well, I mean, that's, their food it's, source? It's just, it's, it makes it even scarier because those basic levels of the trophic levels are the most important. And when you have, yeah, a population like that struggling. like how do you how that do you foster more struggling yeah how do you foster more copepods other than like seriously combat fight climate change like <laughs> yeah i mean but that they should 100 be seen as a keystone species if that's the case like yeah they should be a health indicator for the total environment if you don't have copepods and then you don't have right whales if you don't write yeah. whales then the whole ecosystem's gonna yeah exactly so uh, this was like kind of the like craziest part of the whole thing for me, looking at the health assessment. So they do like aerial surveys of North, North Atlantic and Southern right whales, and they measure their body condition. And when they compared the two species, 
the North Atlantic right whales are generally in poorer body condition and are shorter than Southern right whales, which that's kind of true of most baleen whales, like Southern blue whales are way yeah. bigger than North Pacific. But ones. is that, is that because, you know, genetics in whaling, you know, were taken out? Well, so then here's the other thing. They compared it, a survey of North Atlantic right whales to themselves from 2000 to 2002 and then 2016 to 2020. And the adults are growing slower and they're in poorer body condition than those earlier years. So even compared to themselves, they're not as big and they're not as healthy hmm. as the general population. So. Dude, I'm just really should go to South America and look at Southern America. <laughs> kind of dumb that we like we're kind of like not that smart to not do like we should go. We should go. We should go. Um, I'm just wondering because like the entire you know everything I've known about some uh, North Atlantic right whales was like okay it's ship strike and it's and it's entanglement which it is. Mm-hmm. But when you really dive deeper, it seems like it's mostly. A food source thing if mm. their body if their if their body is shorter and they're and they're less healthy and they're having to move around to from historically you know great feeding grounds to these different feeding grounds it seems like they're following food which then makes them more prone to these other threats so it seems like if you fix the food problem then maybe they're more they're less inclined to, to face these other threats yeah i don't know i mean that's some of it but you know you can't deny that oh, more than not. three quarters I mean, of their deaths are human cause but i mean are oh, they they're, they're less robust animals because you know potentially less foraging success but also some of these animals eight entanglements in your life they yeah, said that ridiculous. the average recovery time post disentanglement is one and a half to three months but a maximum of 16 months depending <sighs> on how uh how intense the injuries were yeah so like it's you just, know, you're putting an know. animal that fasts for part of the year into acute stress during your, this entire entanglement. Plus, by the time you finally actually disentanglement, it's still down for the count for months afterwards, potentially years afterwards. I mean, absolutely. That's extremely alarming, but it's just strange that the population was growing by 2% every year up until 2010 when there was a shift in their feeding grounds. And then they started to decline like that. And then their calf, their calving success has really dropped off as well. So they used well, and to And again, be, that's all food, isn't it? Like, I think, yeah, well, I think. It, it, I mean, it's a combination of all, right? Like we talked yeah. about in the past, like entanglements, you know, causes as much stress as, as having a baby. So if you have an entanglement. Yeah. And that's where this less is coming from. to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where a lot of this is coming from that the, they used to see like 23 calves a year and now they're seeing more like 12 a year and then there's some years where they're not seeing any and then the number of reproductive females is dropping Um, but also they said that there are 36 females from ages 10 to 19 that have not been seen with a calf like they've not been documented with a first calf the reproductive ages that are yeah that are further down the reproductive age so like what does that mean you know like doesn't sound good and then the interval between births is also longer so it used to be under four years between calves now it's almost six years between calves so everything is just going wrong for them yeah 
So oh, welcome back to the Sad Nerds podcast where we yeah. are sad about whales. Sorry. It's I mean it's not no, I'll be sorry. It's just like <laughs> but this paper know. is this paper is pretty incredible. There's all kinds of cool information yeah, if you really want to get into it. Like there's all kinds of um like just the calving success and like reproductive success section, I thought was really cool. I could have read the whole thing out loud because I was like, all of this is incredible. It also so just know, sucks. Go ahead. We, we know all this stuff and like, what? Yeah. What do we do? Well, it's, 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 I was literally just going to say like, we've talked about in the past with the Southern resident killer whales. It's like, if you can't save the most iconic species in the ocean, how the heck is anything else supposed to survive? I feel like yeah. nobody knows what the hell a, a right whale is, yeah. you know? And like, if you can't save a freaking killer whale, then like, are you going to be able to save the right whales? I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. <sighs> At least in the Northern hemisphere. So one of the biggest differences between the Northern hemisphere and the Southern hemisphere is most of the world's population lives above, north, like North yeah. of the equator, right? Yes. And it, you can go to marinetraffic.com and look at how busy the eastern seaboard is on the Canadian and American coastlines, which is right in the heart it's, of it's just it, it's whales. just inevitable. It's inevitable yeah. with the way that our commerce moves and the way that it's just inevitable. Is that I wonder if there's because like here in Santa Barbara, like with our shipping lanes we definitely see more fin whales and blue whales being hit because they spend more time at the surface. They're bigger whales. They're not as agile as the humpbacks. And I'm wondering if the same is going on with the right whales. Like you guys don't get humpback population decreases like you do with the right whales. Like obviously the right whales spend a lot more time at the surface as well because they're could be they're feeding, feeding or, at the surface. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's behavioral thing, right? Because you, you like, look at it that we way you have two have... different populations of different species there yeah we still have ship strikes well. be an issue with humpbacks um but I the overall have... the overall population isn't declining right no but they also weren't hunted to the same numbers that right whales were i mean less than a hundred that's one heck of a bottleneck that is uh, like the sea otters yeah <sighs> yep get over there and save them adam what am no. I supposed to do? Well, freaking... I... Go ahead, Adam. Uh, it's just like, like, it's the same with any kind of conservation s- story. Take your beanie like, off. What do you do? Thinking cap on. <laughs> <laughs> that, was pretty, that was pretty good. You know, you know how you can save them, Adam? Go over there and document them. Like, you can't. You can't get freaking 500 yards away from the goddamn things. Yeah, I know. Right, well, how are you supposed relatives. to? It's the same thing with the residents, man. Like, like, granted, it is different there because you can see them from shore and everything. But like, how the hell are you supposed to save these things if you can't photograph them? You can't tell their stories. You can't make a connection with them. And that's my my biggest problem right now with all these stupid accounts bashing whale watch companies and bashing the people that are out there trying to to make people give a shit about these animals. Like, it's just. Like that's our job. That's our goal on this planet. That's why we are here. That's why we have this podcast to make people care about these animals. And we have so many people right now that are just coming at us and like coming at whale watch companies and everything. And it's like, we have bigger fish to fry. 
like these whales are dying and you're going to come at us because we're trying to educate people about them or trying to show people them and make a connection there. And it's like, again, we have bigger fish to fry. These things are dying. Mm -hmm. Why are you coming at us? Why are you coming at the people that like have devoted their lives to these animals? Well, I think that you see, you see passion come out in a lot of different ways, right? Like just read the comments on Slayer's Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Or his Facebook man I don't know how you get all these people out of the weird corners of the internet but anyways um I think that at the end of the day we all want the same thing right and so it'd be better to stop pointing fingers at each other and to work together to come up with some solutions um and for North Atlantic right whales especially coming from the west coast I feel like maybe I'm biased to not be as familiar with them as individuals and like how much PR there is about them but I also just feel like there isn't a lot of PR about them which is why I do like to talk about them on the podcast but like the north the population they have names like they they don't all they some of them just have catalog numbers but like this one we just talked about lobster like what yeah where's lobster I want to know more more about Grand Teton yeah and centipede and you know all these so I I don't know if it's a PR problem or if I'm, if we're not plugged in because we're not from the area, I don't really know, but I do feel like we get people that ask about them almost at least three or four times a week, but we also have a lot of signage about them on our boat. And then we even have a species board in the parking lot that shows like the four common baleen whale types before they get on the boat. We have this huge sign. So I don't know if it's because people ask about them because they because see the sign that. or but because like, people know about them you know I, i'm not sure that's it's like what, what what movie was it there's some really good nature documentary that's like i can't remember what it was but essentially their idea is like it's this is a pr problem because people just don't know like if people if people knew if more people knew about these whales and like you said knew them on a on a more personal basis yeah i feel like people would be more willing to 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 donate or to to call their representatives or yeah you know like well and then the other thing that gets really tricky for me like michael moore's one of the lead authors on this paper and i've definitely quoted him on the podcast before talking about how harsh of a death entanglement is you know especially for right whales it could take several years for a right whale to basically just starve to death and um so he said you know we might as well just go back to whaling because death by entanglement is not nearly as humane whaling's way more humane and you know it's very blunt but also for people that understand that like like holy moly he's right like this is a horrible way to die but then how do you have that conversation and be that blunt without assigning blame to the fishermen and without putting people in a downward spiral about like feeling helpless about what to do you know that's a tricky one we don't why have do to answer it little, but just why, saying why do they put a little one next to his name in the article he's a leader author from woods hole so the one is referencing his um institution there's a few people that have it though right yeah there's all those people. people are from woods hole yep from, from what from woods hole oceanographic oh. institute oh, woods hole in Massachusetts. 
thought you said Wetzel Pretzel. I'm like, what? Wetzel Pretzel. <laughs> I'm just That's the name. That should be the name of a North Atlantic right whale. <laughs> Maybe just yeah, Pretzel. <laughs> Can you imagine if one had a Colossides that looked like a pretzel? That'd be so cool. Anyway. Okay, so what do, what do we do from here? Just give up? Like, what? No. Do I delete my Instagram right now? That's never the answer. It hasn't been the answer for the last 91 episodes. By the <laughs> way, we are at over 100 episodes. Just so you guys yeah, because we have 10 mini-sodes. Dang. We have to do something special for like the 100th, like full episode. I don't know what it's going to be, but we're coming up. Okay, but like, okay, Caitlin. So we talked, we talked about these whales for an hour. Yeah. Okay. I'm sad and pissed off. Sorry. Everybody, like, it's, it's, it's depressing and it's yeah. like, what, what the hell can we do? So I live on the opposite side of the country from where this yes. is happening. People live but across the world. Some of these matters are settled by Congress. So your representatives need to know that this is an issue that is worthy of their attention. Uh, but can I also, call a representative that's not representing me? Yeah, but also your representative will vote on it at some point if it if a bill makes it to the floor. That's true. But also, like we're global consumers, right? How does that stuff get to us on a ship across the ocean? So, so buy can local. You buy local. Can yeah. you go longer between purchases of things that have to go overseas just so there's less ship traffic? Can you find a way to advocate for safer ships or safer shipping practice um, and support things like ropeless gear initiatives or weak link or gear modification initiatives? Be careful about what you eat for seafood. I don't eat seafood. Just cry. Just cry, Adam. Um, but also just like tell people about them. People should know them. I don't know how many pictures of them. Want me to steal somebody's picture? Oh, we can use my pictures. Do you have pictures of the Oh, got her. Got them. Do you have good pictures of them? They're not super good because they're from the beach, but there's a picture of one with its like peck fin up and there's a cargo ship. I'm going. And I was like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Hey, is there any North Atlantic? When when do they come back? (laughs) I don't know. But best time's the spring. All right, I'll be there. No, seriously. Can we like. Like how, yeah, how likely is it? <laughs> yeah, we've tried that. How likely is it to to see them from shore and like with a five hundred millimeter lens? Like, is it possible to get yeah, something on I them? Mean, yeah, especially at okay. high tide because they're super close to the beach at high tide. But it shifts each year. Like the last couple of years, it was like the first week of May, but this year it was like the first week of April. So. Well, we got to act. The second it happens, we got to all get out there. I'm serious. I'm going to do it. Slater's <laughs> going to join me. I don't care if he has a freaking sold out boat in the middle of April because <laughs> of killer whale season. He's freaking saying goodbye. And we're going to film some North Atlantic gray whales. Yeah. Sorry, people. I don't even want to see killer whales eat a gray whale. <laughs> <laughs> killer whales aren't. Don't stop calling them killer whales, by the way. Okay. They are killer whales. They kill other whales. Anyway. Oh, my monitor Actually, now. Speaking of that real quick, there's a lady, on the passenger on my boat today was like, how do you feel about that? And I was like, you don't want to know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did tell her, I was like, listen, if humpback whales just swatted sea lions around for fun with their peck fins and killed molas and, you know, just grab birds in their mouth and spit them back out, we would call them killer humpbacks, but they don't do that. So that's why they're called killer whales. Like, 
Also, speaking on right whales, there was two pairs of North Oh yes, Pacific North Pacific right whales. Right I've been whales. Googling trying to find the article. I cannot find it. It's in the top in of Alaska. I think. Oh, okay. Either that or it will be later because I have. Do you want to talk about a freaking endangered whale? Talk about the freaking North Pacific right whale. God dang, dude. They're even worse. That's going to be in another episode. Uh, (laughs) All right, I'm going to go cry. (laughs) You guys want to cry with me or what? I'd say let's not not give up hope, but let's let's try to make the North Atlantic a safer place for these whales that are just slowly wasting away there's a great documentary that just came out not too long ago called entangled oh yeah we watched it if you would like to i don't know where can they find it is it available online i think it is if it is i'll put it in the comments on the facebook page i got like a screening link through a facebook event but it might be available somewhere if not we will post when it is available so you guys can watch it yes this was good Stay, stay tuned. There will be more right whale news at some point because there's more on our yeah. list, but this is all we could handle for today. Thank I you guys so much any of that. for listening to this podcast. If you made it this far, you're an awesome person. Yes. And just so you know, if you're not coming to the holiday trip in October, <laughs> the three days in a row, you're kind of a pleb because it's going to be a great time. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, What's I think our, our secret whale should be lobster the right whale. I think it should be lobster the right, right whale, 100%. Yeah. I think it should be wetzel pretzel, but who's... <laughs> <laughs> lobster the right whale. Um, also, if, if I ever far, see lobster, I'm going to give her a hug. If you ever see lobster, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to give her a hug. <laughs> Big old hug. Um, I want to pet her lobster claw. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, especially if you are a Patreon subscriber. We really appreciate your support. And uh, thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast wherever you listen to it or subscribing or whatever the options are on that platform. Um, That helps us find more listeners. Or if you want to just share, like, hey, I found this cool podcast about whales with your friends or random strangers, that would be awesome. Like Jamie does every time she's on the boat. So Mm -hmm. I much, much appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, thank you everyone we appreciate it thank you guys stay positive (laughs) Bye. bye bye